Welcome everyone. I am your host, Dr. Felicia J. Lindsay, founder of AGR Book Club. Welcome to Deliciously Lit, the podcast where adventure, books, and cuisine collide. If this is your first time to our channel, or if you've been here before, say hello. I'm back. D-Lit. Now, pour yourself a glass of your favorite beverage, settle in, and get ready for some deliciously lit fun. Hello, I'm your host, Dr. Felicia J. Lindsay with Deliciously Lit, and tonight we have for you Stephanie Sterling. She is <laughs> the author of Fatherless Success. Her brand is The Authentic Stephanie Sterling. Now, I want you to basically tell us a little bit about your childhood. I know you told us some in the book, but just give us a brief overview. So I am an only girl. I have an older brother and a younger brother. I grew up pretty much in a single parent home. At first, you know, my mom and my dad, they dated a few years, but it's like he wasn't there. Uh, he was pretty much in the streets, you know, he had a drug addiction and that's why he wasn't with us. And so even though they were together, it was still like she was a single parent. And so, but I'm going to say I had a great childhood. You know, I was very close with my, my mom's siblings, my aunt and my uncle, spent summers at my aunt's. I was very close with my cousins, had a great time. My mom made sure even if she was struggling at some point, she made sure that she protected me and my siblings from that and made sure we always had the best holidays and whatever we needed also and what we wanted. And so she was, even though, you know, nobody's perfect, but no. she was a very loving mother, very supportive mother. I honestly, that's one thing I can say I never dealt with. I, I can never recall a time that my mom said that I couldn't do something or that I wasn't pretty enough or like my mom just, she's never been that mother. She was very very uplifting when it came to me and so that's the main thing that stood that stands out to me today well she sounds like a awesome mom sounds like my mom always there and supporting and giving me much love and i, I couldn't have did anything without my mom my, they are she is it she is it yes. for me yes now with everything that happened throughout your life you came to a point where you said, it's time to put some of these things down to paper. Mm -hmm. What motivated you? What motivated you to write the book? Honestly, I believe it was 2015 when I first got the, got the idea that was like a year after I started my first um, entrepreneur venture, which was Kids Fusion, the mobile kids fitness. And during that time, I was in a, a long-term relationship uh, we were going through some things, but it was just something because I remember there's this, her name was Kelsey and she, she has like a mobile dance studio and I met her networking and we were out one day and we met at a bookstore and I remember telling her and she's the only person I told at the time mm -hmm. and I remember saying, 
I want to write a book. I said, I have the title, but I don't, I said, but I'm not ready to, to write it. And I told her the name of it is Fatherless Success. And she was like, oh, I like that. She said, you should write it. And so after that, I just left it right there. Now, how did you start to even write it? Did you get a ghostwriter? Did you just write everything yourself? Did you get an author coach? For me, writing has always been my outlet. So I've always journaled, I've written poetry, like from middle school and up, whenever I was going through things, that was just how I got it out, was through writing and music. So the writing part was easy. So it was literally like God told me, it's time. It's time to tell your story. <laughs> and um, It was really in the midst of the pandemic. And so during that time, I just, I sat down and I got on my laptop and I just started typing typing and then I would have to stop because tears rolling because it's like you're reliving all these emotions again you know mm -hmm. and so tears rolling down my face I'm like I don't feel like crying today so I stop <laughs> I'm like I pick it up in a few days then I come back and I'm like okay start back going back into some deep places because by this time that long-term relationship I had been in we we were long through mm -hmm. So now I was unpacking some more of that and unpacking the relationship with my father. And it was just all these emotions coming. So I would just type. I would, And then eventually I just said, hey, you, you got to finish it. And then at first when I finished it, it was kind of like, I don't think this is enough. But I felt like God said, no, this is all I want you to say right now. Mm-hmm. Now, when you were going through the writing process, because I know when you're writing a book, like you were saying, all your feelings come out. You have ideas, you have some inspiration, and you're just trying to get it all down into paper. When you were going through that, what did you what did you think was the impact of your father not being a part of your life? For myself or for others? For yourself. For myself. For me, I know I have, it caused me to have abandonment issues, caused me to have trust issues, caused me to feel like, was I ever adequate enough for a good man? Um, if my own father wouldn't even be here to take care of me and love me and show me what, I, what needs to be done, how can I expect a, a companion to do that. So a lot of those things always play in my head. Now, with that experience, how would you talk to and instruct a young lady or a young man that's in that situation? How would you talk to them and help them through? The first thing I would say is you have to express your feelings because nobody know what we're going through. Nobody Nobody knows. My mom didn't even know until I was 16 and I went through depression because I kept everything bottled up. And so you have to find somebody to talk to regardless. Sometimes we think, oh, our parents don't understand, but they do. They do. My, my mom didn't know. Even when my book came out, my mom was like, I didn't know that, you know. And the thing about it is if you don't talk to anybody, you don't know. So even if you don't feel comfortable talking to your mom or your dad 
or your grandmother, find a responsible adult, a mentor, somebody that you feel like you can talk to so that you can have somebody a part of your support system to help you work out those feelings. Because, you know, as when you're a child, you don't really understand those feelings, what you're going through. You know, your brain isn't fully developed until you're 25. So finding somebody who can give you wisdom and encourage you and give you some good, healthy tips is really good. And so that's where I would suggest they start. Well, I tell you, mental health is a big issue. And even in my line of work, um, seeing patients on a daily basis, you see people who know that they're going through problems and you see patients that don't realize they're going through problems. And it's hard to just coach people and get them to see, okay, go talk to somebody. It's okay. It's okay to talk to someone. Um, I have many friends that are counselors and psychiatrists, and I've talked to them too. I'm like, hey, hey, girl, (laughs) let me talk to you today. I need to talk. But I mean, you got to have a sounding board, no matter if you're talking to your friends, whoever's in your tribe, you got to have somebody that can hear you and you feel heard. But I believe, I feel the thing that has helped me through all of that is building a relationship with God, having a spiritual relationship. For me, that has outweighed everything because sometimes, let's say if you go to your friend or your mom, you know, sometimes people haven't really experienced what you've experienced in the way that you have experienced it. That's true. And so they can only give you advice from where they are. And some of those people, they need therapy themselves. They haven't even given <laughs> you. Know? So they, they're only giving you advice from a broken place. So this is true. This is know, true. So you're sitting there looking at them like, uh-uh. you know, they only feeding, feeding the toxicity. They're not really helping because they, they still need help. So one thing I've learned is to put like fully submit to God. Like, no, even when I feel like I can't talk to anybody, that's when I know God is saying, that's because you need to talk to me. I need you to come to me because he is everything. A lot of times we feel like, because even I had a best friend, we had been best friends Mm -hmm. for 15, 16 years. Mm -hmm. And so when you have relationships like that, sometimes you feel like, Oh, my husband is my everything. My wife is my everything. Mm-hmm. My best friend is my everything. And God will show you, no, I am your everything. And that's one key thing I have learned throughout my journey. Now, I did I did see that you were saying that you like meditation. Prayer was important too. Do you incorporate meditation in your in your practice? I yes, I do whenever I do like my certain events that I do, or if mm-hmm. I do like a online webinar, yes, ma'am. Okay. I, I mean, I, I like meditation. I'm just asking in general. I feel that basically, you know, prayer, meditation, whatever it takes, yoga to get you to a place of balance, mm-hmm. then it's good. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, my other question is for some of people who are not don't have that parental assistance in their home, don't have that parental person there, um, father or mother on a consistent basis. How do they 
what are some ways they can start trying to start the healing process? I saw in your book how you were saying, you know, you said you were starting to write. You did like to write poetry. What are some ways that they can maybe start to start the healing process, which is really getting the words out? Um, I would say for people who, you know, do not have, you know, a parent in the household, whatever the case may be, or a broken household, definitely journaling is a good start. Because even when I go to my therapist, or if you go to a therapist, they're going to encourage you to journal, because mm -hmm. that's another way for you to uh, get your emotions and feelings and thoughts out on paper to really sort through it. And so I would say start there. Even let's just say, something happened in a relationship and the relationship is no longer right and you felt like you don't have closure or you felt like you weren't able to say what you needed to say a lot of times what i have also done because my therapist um, suggested was write a letter to the person you don't have to send the letter but just write a letter dear sarah this is what i felt and just go through all your thoughts and emotions and at least you can get it out because it's very unhealthy to keep things bottled in. Yes. And the longer we bottle things in, you know, we're just going to eventually explode and we're not even going to know like, why am I acting crazy like this? You know, <laughs> you come back too. And so I would highly suggest journaling. Journaling is awesome. Plus, it helps you to be able to, after you put all the words out, you can then start putting your affirmations down, what mm -hmm. you want to change, how you want it to go, how you envision your life to be. And then you can start putting some goals in place and working towards it. Now, another thing I'd like in the book, when you were talking about after you graduated school, you're like, I graduated school, but it was some words or some things that nobody told me. They didn't tell me. Mom didn't tell me. What are those things? So for me, number one, it was you think, you know, going through school, you think, oh, I'm going to graduate. And so now I'm once I graduate college, I'm going to have me a job because I did what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that at all. I mean, you can get a job, but it's not going to be the dream job. It takes time. They didn't. They don't tell you about. Oh, you should get internships more. Or, oh, you should learn how to network. Networking is key. Building relationships mm -hmm. with people. Oh, you should. Um. It was something else. Oh, and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I know the networking was key, especially yes, with me yes. being introverted. I am an extroverted introvert. So okay. I know, I know I have my days. Uh, yes, I don't mm -hmm. want to talk to anyone. But, and I'm a loner pretty much. But basically when it's time for me to come out, I come out. Right, right. Or just like learning, hey, you should be a part of organizations. Yeah. Me being a natural introvert, I don't, I'm not going to network. I'm not going to join organizations. Mm -hmm. It's just not something I'm going to do. I don't know anything about being involved in the community. Those are things I learned on my own as I found my way. What are some key things that you learned um, along the path? I know you said you worked at different companies and it helped you with your 
networking skills and being able to retain relationships. What are some of the key things that you learned that helped you be good at networking and retain relationships? One thing I know is number one, just be 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 authentic, <laughs> be who you are. People respond to that. People know when you're being true, honest, when you're not being yourself. And one thing about me, I'm a straight shooter, I'm honest, and I'm direct. And that's one thing that I hear a lot that people like about me because they're like, I don't ever have to worry about where I stand with you. You're about your business. And I know with you, things are going to get done. So that's one of the things uh, when it comes to networking, I feel like that stands out about me. And then also, we all have a calling on our life, mm -hmm. but... I've heard people tell me it's something about you just when you walk in the room. Now, I don't know what that is because I can't see what they can see. But people are drawn to me just by, I don't know, maybe it's a confidence or it's something that attracts people to me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people remember that about me or they will remember my smile or they will remember the way I made them feel because I truly believe in making people feel good. And so those are the things I feel like that really are the conversation starter that helps me or opens the door for building relationships with people. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, I just learn how to hone those skills and hone the relationship depending on the person. Now, I know you said that you volunteered. Mm -hmm. What organizations do you volunteer in? And I guess my my other question would be, how does that play a role in balancing yourself? All right. So right now I'm in Dallas and I volunteer for Treasure Vessels Foundation, Hunger Busters, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. And for me, it helps balance me because I'm pouring back into other people which I feel like is a part of my purpose, which is helping people, making an impact in the community, making an impact in the world. And the biggest one that stands out is probably Big Brothers, Big Sisters is because I'm a mentor in their program. And so I'm what they call a big. And so I'm being able to impact youth who look like, not only look like me, but who are dealing with the same struggles as I am because most of their kids in the program grow up are in a single parent home the parents one of the parents may be incarcerated low low income parents and so i can relate because i grew up fatherless so i know those feelings i know the feeling of abandonment of not feeling like i'm good enough of not feeling like i'm doing enough you know for me not having a my father I always felt like I've always been like very strict on myself as far as grades and my accomplishments and I've been hard on myself and it's funny because my mother wasn't because naturally I just did good in school and stuff and so mm -hmm. she never really had to worry about me but I always put so much pressure on myself because I believe it comes from that was the one thing I felt like I can control I couldn't control my father being there, but I can control if I'm a straight A student. I can control if I graduate high school. I can control if I graduate college. I feel like, so I always put so much pressure on myself 
to excel and do well. And so I just feel like now I've learned so much that I can impact the the children that, um, or shall I say my mentee with Big Brothers Big Sisters, because from my experiences, now I can show her and teach her, hey, this is gonna help you. This is what you can do. You don't have to figure it out the way I had to figure it out. Here are the tools and resources for you. Now, the big thing is what you just said, I feel it was it was awesome because it took me a while to learn that. What you said was that you can only control yourself. What when did you come to that and how did it impact the decisions you made? Honestly, that's something that took a while. I'm probably say my late 20s when I fully grasped that concept. Mm-hmm. That I don't have control over anything or anybody. And so I guess subconsciously, you know, I already knew that by having control over my grades and the things that I do. But outwardly, I really didn't know, or can I say, I really wasn't aware that, hey, I have control over myself, my actions, my reactions. I really didn't realize that until I had been through therapy, more therapy. And after my long, I was in a long-term relationship. So after that ended, that's when I really started to really do more healing and digging deeper into me and being more self-aware and healing things. And why, you know, why did this happen? Why are these things going wrong? Mm-hmm. What is this connected to? And then that's when I started to realize I have no control over anything. The things we right. have control over is this big. That's right. And most of us spend our entire lives going crazy because we want to have control over the world and we can't. That's true. So once you're able to grasp the fact that, hey, I only have control over myself, my actions and my reactions. And so my best today it's not gonna be my best tomorrow. Yeah. So this is what I'm gonna do for me. This is what God has called me to do. And today I may accomplish 20 things, but tomorrow I may only accomplish two things because that just may be how that day is. And so we have to learn not to beat ourselves up. We have to learn that, you know, the ebbs and flows of life, the seasons of life, that every season isn't the same. Every day isn't the same. That doesn't mean you're less than. That doesn't mean that you're not as smart as you was the day before. That doesn't mean you're not as great as you were the day before. It just means accept where you are in the moment, whether it's a small thing or it's a huge thing. Just accept the moment. And a lot of times, even myself, get caught up in, oh, the past, this happened to me, what, dwelling on it. And then we get so caught up in, okay, what's the next thing I have to do after I accomplish this thing? And so after I write this book, you know, I have people ask me all the time, where are you going to write your next book? I, and I tell them, I don't know. God hasn't given me that yet. But right now, I can, I can only focus on what he's given me to work with right now. And so that's what I focus on. And so we have to learn how to focus on the moment. And yes, be prepared as we get ready for the future, but focus on the moment and controlling yourself and what you can within yourself. 
Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you're just spitting out all kind of pearls. I don't know if everybody is taking it in, but when you said acceptance, see, I, you might not know your book, but your book is there. <laughs> acceptance. A lot of people don't accept things. Mm -hmm. And when they're not accepting, they're not, they're still trying to control it. So it just spirals. So you just said a mouthful. Okay. Now my next question is, and it's, it's going to be a, a little bit of a doozy, but basically when you wrote this book, what impact did you want to have on society through this book? When I wrote this book, I wanted everybody who experienced the same thing that I experienced to know that you can, to know that you are greatness, despite the hand you were dealt, you are greatness. And that is what I, the message I want to convey. All right, then. I think you conveyed it and a lot more, and you still have a lot more that you could be saying. I see that now. It's another book in you. Yes, it is. <laughs> now, I always ended with this because, you know, we love food and we love drinks. So basically, if I was sitting down reading your book, what should it be paired with? What drink, what dish, what's your favorite? What would I pair this with? So I love a good red wine and I love anything from sweet to dry. It just depends on my mood. So pick out whether it's a sweet red. So I can have a Cabernet? Yes, that's what I just about to say. A good <laughs> Cabernet or, or Pinot Noir and just sit back, relax and... Honestly, the food, so I'm pescatarian, so it's okay. one of the things that I eat, but I now love- what exactly is a pescatarian? So we eat fish, but we don't eat meat outside of that. All right, all right. Yes. So I would say, because I have always loved Italian food, mm -hmm. so a good shrimp scampi or mm -hmm. alfredo would be really good. That sounds good. Yes. <laughs> that sounds real good. Yes, ma'am. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show and letting everybody know about Fatherless Success and tell them more about your organization, your LLC. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me, for inviting me on. You can find The Authentic Stephanie Sterling on all platforms. You can order my book. You can get the autographed copy or you can just order it from Amazon. You can get the paperback from Amazon, ebook or Audible. And I truly believe self-love is the key. That's my tagline. I specialize in helping women overcome childhood traumas. I have a self-development course that I'm going to be launching soon. And also, I am launching an I Am campaign this month. Beginning this month, I plan on running it for three months. And the I Am campaign is about reassuring who you are and affirming who you are. So for those who kind of lose your way, which, you know, we all do on our journey, I just mm -hmm. want to help you re reassure that. And for those of you who, who is not sure of who you are, I want to help you affirm who you are. And so there's going to be three shirts that you can buy. I am enough. All right. 
I am fierce. I like I am love. I like it. I am fierce. I need to be on that one. <laughs> and so my website is theauthenticstephaniesterling.com as well. So just stay tuned. Subscribe to the website. Now on social media, how would they find you again? The Authentic Stephanie Sterling, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. All right. Well, thank you for talking with us tonight. And we want to stay apprised of all your endeavors. So always reach out, let us know. So I can put different things in the newsletter if you have anything that's going on where people can find out about it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was a pleasure. All right. Well, you have a good night. Thank you. You too. You have just listened to another episode of Deliciously Lit Podcast with your host, Dr. Felicia J. Lindsay. Connect with us at bookclubpublishing.com. Don't forget to get the app, join the Facebook group, subscribe, and write us a review. See you at the next episode.